Welcome to That Gray Area. I'm Erin. And I'm Vanessa. We're lifelong friends entering that certain time of life that can be a bit of a gray area, somewhere between our beautiful and confused youth and wrinkled wisdom. We'll be taking a look at what being a woman and aging looks like right now. So join us in That Gray Area. Hello. Welcome to our very first Flashcast, Erin. Flashcast. Flashcast. A flashcast, so you folks at home know, mm-hmm. is a, a short little bonus podcast. Mm-hmm. We were thinking like once in a while something that's topical. It could be something that's political in nature or something, although we do strive to be non-political. We work really hard to make sure that this show focuses on women mm-hmm. and no matter where your political beliefs fall or your religious beliefs fall, we want to have be a safe space for you. Absolutely. We did feel like once in a while, you know, something happens, the water cooler talk, so to speak, that might be kind of nice. Um, and the real challenge here is, can we talk for less than 10 minutes? Doubtful. But we're going to try real, Doubtful. real hard. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is that these are short and sweet and yes. don't require a lot of extra time on, on your part. Correct. And so today... We are two days past the uh, passing of Supreme Court Justice, the Notorious RBG. RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Rest in peace, sister. Rest in power, girl. Yes, after battling cancer, she was 87. Multiple cancers throughout her life. What a fighter. After surgeries and chemo and radiation, and she fell down the stairs and broke her ribs, and then when they had a CT scan, that's where they found the cancerous nodules on her lungs. And then a whole crazy theory was sweeping the place. Was she pushed? Oh, no, I had not heard that. She obviously is a, dis, is a, a she, dissident. Which is funny is when she started on the court, she was considered moderate. Yeah. Slightly yeah. left. Yes. But as the tenor and and leadership of the court changed, she became quite often the dissenting opinion. Yes. When Sandra Day O'Connor retired... She sort of moved left and became sort of the head of that whole little chain of leftish leaning. Really used her power of dissent to get people talking. Yes. She was amazing. So we've talked on the show a lot about age rejectors. Yeah. And I mean, could she I love that word? She's a poster child. <laughs> She's like a poster child. She's I mean, a she... gender rejector and an age rejector. I just love that. And you know, with her, she exercised and just kept her mind so sharp. She was what two women in that class. I think there were five. Was there five? I'm I sorry. Think there I... were five women in her first law school. I wrote it. And she went to both somewhere. Harvard Law and yeah. Columbia Law. Correct. She had she moved because her husband either got a job or moved. Here it is. She was one of nine. We were both wrong. Uh, in a class of five hundred at Harvard, was also taking care of her fourteen month old baby at the time. You a badass bitch, Ruth. And she also helped her husband recover from testicular cancer while she had a newborn. And not only did she write her own papers for her yes. school, she wrote his for she him did. at Harvard. And that's another thing. I mean, as far as I'm going to backtrack a little, as far as being an age rejector and being a dissenter, the reason why she became so famous so late in life was she argued a case, and there were some lot women in law school who read her dissent and were so moved by her and so blown away they created a rap song and that's how she became the notorious rbg but we just really wanted to just take a few minutes and just honor her because of her contributions to women but also just to equality to gender equality because many yes. of the cases women and men yeah she she fought for men who were facing inequality in some way as well yeah one uh, of her first big ones was yes. 
uh, she argued on behalf or in favor of a man who was denied survivor benefits by his when his wife passed, and he became the primary caregiver of his two children and was denied by Social Security to receive her checks. Total bullshit. What the fuck? And another one was a man wanted to keep receiving, I guess it was unemployment or some kind of assistance from the government to care for his aging mother because he wasn't married, and they denied him. And so she was a smarty pants because she said, if I can prove that a law can discriminate against gender, the men of the court, the judges of the court, are going to be more likely to open their ears to that. But once they've said yes to that or agree that that is true, gotcha. That's right. Gotcha. Now She's so smart. She set the precedence. So um, I also love her relationship with her husband. Oh, my God. He was an absolute forward-thinking human. Dreamboat. He, today, he would be considered progressive. So Absolutely. for him to be progressive in the 50s yeah. or the 60s. 50s, for sure. Like, seriously. He was a military man. He was in the reserve. He was also uh, an attorney in his own right. Mm-hmm. Had his own teaching career at one point. He was a tax point. attorney and very powerful. Ran among yeah. the mucky muck of the country. So he was a person who had also worked so hard to get that a status, if you will. Mm-hmm. And was also willing to put it all aside because his babies needed taken care of. And he cooked all the meals. Can you believe it? And she said he was the first man she'd ever met who cared that she was smart and had a brain. He was just in love with her for that. And he made her career. I mean, she credits him for her position on the Supreme Court and for having for President Carter uh, appointing her to a federal court. He really, like I say, he moved among those movers and shakers of the country. And he really... Uh, what's the word I would look for? Lobbied for her. Yes. Lobbied for her to be taken seriously because she was diminutive. Diminutive. She was quiet and very soft-spoken. And he just lifted her up. He was the wind beneath her wings. He was indeed. And I think she inspired that in pretty much every man in power that she dealt with because her, there's a great story about her law professor. Once she graduated and was looking for a clerkship, she couldn't get one. And so there is a, I forget his name, starts with a P. But her professor called him and said, you're going to hire her. She's the most qualified person I have in my class. And if you don't hire her, I'm never going to recommend another Columbia Law student to you again. Ooh. And I'll tell you this. If she doesn't work out, I will personally replace her for you. That's amazing. And he was like, fine. And she clerked for him for two years. And Justice Scalia, who was one of the most conservative judges on the court, they were, I would say they probably consider themselves BFFs. Oh, totally. And he said, I love everything about her, except her, you know, except the way she reads the law. Of course, her interpretation (laughs) of the law is dumb. But they were able to set that aside. They had an opera written after them. They're both huge opera fans. (laughs) It's hysterical. And apparently, in many operas, she would be fully dressed in the background. She never sang or had had, uh, lines. But she just wanted to be on stage in costume. I fucking love that so hard. And I, But I, what I think is, you know, again, not to get political, but it makes me, it gives me hope. Like, if two people who are really diametrically opposed legally, constitutionally, can say, I respect you. And you're so intelligent. And I respect your differences. Let's be friends. Let's talk. Let's have intelligent disagreements and discussions. We need so much more here, of here. That in the world. I, I wish going forward that that's the way the world was. We do. Five things that she made possible for women. Oof. The right to sign a mortgage without a man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. The right to have a bank account without a cosign from a man. Yeah. The right to have a job without being discriminated due to your gender. And the right for a woman to be pregnant at work and have children. You cannot not hire me because I have babies or well, because you, I am pregnant. She was famously demoted from the Social Security Administration in Oklahoma. As soon as she got pregnant, they demoted her. Because, you know, 
Because you can't think straight if you got a baby in there. Obviously, <laughs> pregnant women don't know much. But what I another one last thing that I'll pop off about her that I think is so important is that she stopped writing the word sex in her cases early mm-hmm. on and used the word gender, which yes. actually came from her her uh, clerk. I yes, I, according to the film, if you haven't seen it on the basis of sex, oh, I highly recommend. So great. Yes, but yeah, she was but like, I you think know, I think true. sex is going to make them uncomfortable mm-hmm. or titillate them in a way yes. that would maybe obscure your point. Let's change it to gender. And I would say arguing gender going forward verbally was probably the precursor to why we use that term so openly now. Yes, I would agree. I would agree with that 100%. It brought it into the vernacular. Because we used to be called the fairer sex, right? Like like we we couldn't handle shit. We can't handle it. We're soft. Yeah. We're we're dainty. And And I I had a couple of her, I think my favorite quote that I've read, because there's been a lot going around, Mm -hmm. is women belong in all places where decisions are being made. I love that. And I agree with it 100%. And then this one, because she's just... She's a badass. And it's like, duh. To me, this quote is, of course, duh. But it it kind of goes to my point is that we've become so conditioned in this country on the basis of our gender that we often do things and think things without asking why. Obviously, I'm like a broken record. But I am sometimes asked when there will be enough women on the Supreme Court. And when I say when there are nine, people are shocked. But there have been nine men, and nobody's ever raised a question about that. It's true. I just think that speaks to so much of what we're talking about on this show as far as age and our sexuality and, and conditioning yes can my child said that to me today we are conditioned and we and i was like oh my god that's such a perfect word for it we are yeah. conditioned to think so when you're conditioned you don't question you, yeah you, and you, you don't really have an active role in the thought exactly. it's just how you assume things go forward and then somebody says to you well maybe blah 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 maybe it's not that if you could be open enough to see somebody else's point of view or see see another side of things maybe that won't change your mind maybe it'll change it a little maybe it'll change it a lot but i just love that and if nothing else if you can at least respect the person for their very thoughtful viewpoint even if it's not your own indeed indeed and as they were saying on my new favorite show huzzah Huzzah! Huzzah! If you're not watching Catherine the Great on Hulu, Huzzah. It's it's just called The Great, sorry. The Great. Talking about great women. Yeah. It's so good. Okay, I wanted to say one more fun fact. Did you know they named a praying mantis after her? (laughs) Yeah. Which, okay, Vanessa's the one and and my kid who's clued me into... They're badasses. They're such badasses. <laughs> I'll go through a whole story one time about uh, our praying mantis experiment in our home with my kids. It was fantastic. I did but not know this, though. I digress. Yes. So researchers uh, at a university came across a new species of praying mantis, famously known for its interesting neck collar. Ah. So because RBG is famous for her jabot, yeah. which is her, you know, dainty, she had, delicate I think she had hundreds collar. of them. She did. And she has certain ones for every descent and certain ones for every majority ruling. So she's got a cute. whole system. So this uh, praying mantis is two things. Number one, identified by its interesting neck plate. And number two, one of the first creatures, and it's 2020, one of the first creatures to be identified based on its female genitalia. Do you know almost all creatures are identified Primarily by male genitalia and the male sex of the species. So this Phragmantis <laughs> was the first. That's and of amazing. course, it's named like Ilias Ginsbergia or something like that. <laughs> you can Google it. Just Google praying mantis named after RBG. It's fucking it sounds, bad. It sounds like a magical spell from Harry Potter. Ilias Ginsburgia. It does. <laughs> Turns you into a badass female. That's right. 
on that note then, on our Ilias Ginsburg year, uh, I would say we talk a lot about our pendulum swinging in this show in relation to parenting and relationships and all kinds of things. And this quote from her I thought was just so poignant for right now in our lives. Uh, the true symbol of our country is not the bald eagle, but the scales of justice. And when the pendulum swings too far, it will right itself. It gets me kind of emotional. I know. <laughs> it really does. It's too. Right? Like, I know. I like, it just feels, I don't know. I get, I'm still somebody who gets very oogly at our younger version of the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still get proud. Yeah. Proud of you, RBG. Yeah, me too. Here's to you. Thank you. Rest Here's, in power. Rest in power. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on our first. <laughs>